Next week we have a, a sunrise service. As JJ mentioned last week, it's kind of it's one of our shortest services. So I'm really praying God would just kind of pack everything he's got to pack into it and uh, really praying for you know we'll have a lot of people we're gonna have a lot of people that have never heard the gospel a lot of people that God's been working in their heart they need to hear the gospel a lot of people who know the gospel a lot of people who are part of the gospel and and everybody who's there really needs to be touched by the resurrection of Christ so y'all be praying that God would work this week and in everyone's life be, be preparing people to hear what they're gonna hear wherever they go to church on Sunday you know, and especially that they'll hear what they need to hear here in all of that. Um, I, 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 every, every year, man, we see some people give their life to Christ. And they're people that you all have talked to, people you have ministered to for years sometimes. Sometimes it's just that week, somebody you met in Walmart or Goodwill or somewhere, and you bring them. But it's God that does the work. We're just witnesses for him. We just testify to people what God has done. And when people do get saved... One of the first things that they get to do is they get to get baptized. And we will have opportunities for people to get baptized after the service. I already have a couple of folks who are getting baptized. And just so you guys can explain this to someone, maybe you need to get baptized. Maybe someone, uh, you know, maybe there's kids. Maybe your kid is just on the verge of like, dude, they're ready. They're ready. And, and again, when we do baptize, I'm out there with it, with you. But if you want to help, your friend or your child or somebody be baptized, you can be a part of that. But it is a wonderful opportunity for baptism. And uh, again, we don't get money for numbers. We're not like, there's nothing about, it's not an, oh, dude, we baptized 8 million people last week. That's a, it doesn't matter. That's not what it's about. What it's about is lives being changed. And when you get baptized, it's a way to testify. It's your first message you get to preach. Y'all all been baptized? Y'all been baptized? All right, so, so check this out, man. Here's what baptism is. When, when I have you in the water, all right, what, what does that look like, y'all? It looks like a cross. And, and so when I take you under the water, okay, that represents Jesus' death and his burial. And um, it, it, how many of y'all are, 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 so when I, when I take you back up again, that represents his what? What do you think, Carissa? His resurrection. How many, are, are you glad for baptism that Jesus didn't just die and was buried? Because then I'd have nobody in church after they got baptized because I wouldn't be bringing y'all back up. But because of his resurrection, I get to bring y'all back up again. Amen? <laughs> and, and so there's reasons to be grateful for his resurrection. We'll talk about that. But, but he, we have the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is what it shows people. And um, you believe in that. That's when you get baptized, you're testifying that I believe in that. I believe Jesus died. I, you know, there's a lot of folks that don't, there's a lot of liberal scholars that will fight and argue that Jesus never died. And, and he, he kind of passed out and whatever, ran out of blood, and then he got revived in a cool tomb and just walked out. You know, believe it or not, there's people who believe that stuff. How many of y'all believe he died? Do y'all believe he died? Yes, he died. And, and, and he was buried. And, and, and so he was buried, but on the third day he rose again. And so if you believe that that's the case, and you have the desire and ability to surrender your life to him, to get saved, to give your life to him, to have eternal life. In fact, somebody once said, they came running up to somebody and they were like, up to a pastor and said, said what do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to be saved? Okay, what can I do to be saved? What can I do to be saved? Hey, what can you do to be saved? I'll give you a hint. The answer is nothing. <laughs> That's what the pastor said. What can I do to be saved? And he said, nothing. Absolutely Nothing. Mac, why can that person do nothing to get saved? 
Exactly, and you can hear more about that on Tuesday night here. There's like that segue into your Bible study here on Tuesday. Yeah, because Christ did it all. There's nothing you can do except surrender and, 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 and believe it. You just simply got to believe it. And believing means putting your faith and trust in it. So when you get baptized, you're not only proclaiming the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. What you're saying is, I believe Jesus died as a perfect man to pay for my sins. He was buried, and then he rose again um, in fulfillment of the scriptures to give me resurrection life. When I die, I'm going to need somebody to raise me from the dead, and I want somebody who's already done it, and I believe that that's, that that's Jesus. And so I, now I'm going to live for Christ, but I'm going to live for him in resurrection power, not in my own power. And so that's what you're saying when you get baptized. It represents death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It tells me and everyone else that you believe that Christ died and was buried for your sins, and you are, you're, you've given him your life, and now you're rising to live a new life with him in his power. And if you've never been baptized and never made that proclamation, it is something you're supposed to do out of obedience to him. It's one of the two ordinances we know we're supposed to uh, carry out as a New Testament church. So if, man, you want to get baptized next Sunday, dress appropriately, uh, one time I did wear white shorts, and everybody saw what color boxers I had underneath. That was back in the day, but I'm just saying, dress appropriately, bring a towel, bring a change of clothes, something like that. But let me know. Call me. I've had phone calls all week. Hey, I want to get baptized. Hey, I want to get baptized. And I was like, why do you want to get baptized? And, and I, I've been able to talk to some folks, and I even got to lead one person to Christ through that. So I want, if you know of anyone or you want to get baptized, know that's part of what's going to happen next week. But this is a crazy week. It, religiously, uh, people call it Holy, uh, Holy Week. There's, I don't know, Monday, Thursday. I wasn't really raised up in all of the churchiosity and all of the language and so on. But, you know, something happened each week, and you can go to different services for everything. There is Good Friday, obviously, and people argue about different things. But what I want to challenge you to do is I want to challenge you to take the outline today. We're going to talk about the last seven sayings of Christ. And, and, and in those last seven sayings, you've got seven days if you take one of them each day, and that will put you back to next Sunday. You could double up on some, you could do it. But anyways, on that, if you focus on each of those days and what uh, each of the things that he said and take that and focus on it each day, I think by the time next Sunday comes around, you'll have a pretty good idea of what actually happened, of what actually went down, of what he did for you. And, and I think you'll have a deeper understanding of what he wants to do for others in this. So in Philippians uh, chapter 2, Paul said, have this same mindset, which is in uh, the same mindset, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So the same mindset Christ Jesus had, he said, have that same mindset, which is yours. You already have that mindset. You just have to take advantage of it. So how many of y'all know what that mindset is? <laughs> Could you quote, get up and quote, Steve, could you get up and quote to me, what is the mindset of Christ? But he's telling you, Paul said, have that same mindset. You might have a few things on it, and that's why we have to refresh ourselves. So as we look through these last seven sayings of Christ, what I'd very much like you to do is take this outline, and, and, and I would love for you to use it as your daily devotion this week, and meditate one day at a time, on, or, or even every day, meditate on all seven of them, whatever you want to do. But meditate on these things so that you can have the mindset that, you, uh, that is of Christ that you already possess. Because again, if I were to ask you, what's the mindset of Christ? 
man, and I gave you pieces of paper, I'm not sure. How many of y'all could say, you know what, honestly, I'm not sure I could just give you the complete mi- a mindset of Christ. Anyone raise your hand? I'm not, I'm not real sure. Me, that's why I'm doing this. It's like, I want to know more of what the mindset of Christ is. So in this, we'll look at that verse in Philippians 2 at the end of this, but let's take a look at the last seven sayings of Christ as he went up on the cross. All right? And uh, again, if you want this outline, it is on my personal Facebook page. It's also uh, on uh, the church's Facebook page. Um, I can send it to you in a text if you text me and say, hey, I'd like to have it, and I'll send it to you, and it's complete with all the scripture. Whatever you see today, that's what I'll send you in there. But the first thing we see is we see a forgiving Savior of, of where, in spite of everything that happened to Christ, he said he, he was a forgiving Savior. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 23, and starting in verse uh, 33. And, and, and so you'll find all of these stories in Luke. You'll find all of the gospel accounts, and uh, I think the only one I've left out of here is maybe I've only got one scripture reference in Matthew. But when you take a look at 23, you're going to find more than what I just gave you. You go into uh, all the different gospel accounts, and you can get a complete picture of what went down. Uh, I just picked out what I thought was the clearest out of this. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, Golgotha, there they crucified him. That sounds like pretty simple, doesn't it? There they crucified him. But there was a lot that went into that, man, starting even on like Thursday night. I want to read to you something. And again, I would be glad to send this to you. But I found this a while ago, and it was Jesus's last 24 hours. And somebody took the scripture and they put it kind of in a timeline and uh, in, in all of that. Thank you, Jack, for sending me that text. I'll send it to you. All right. <laughs> but all right. So Thursday at 11 p.m. This is Thursday at 11 p.m. Uh, Jesus is praying in Gethsemane. There's stuff going on even before there. Friday at 12:30 a.m. Jesus is betrayed by Judas and he's arrested. Jesus is at 1 a.m. Jesus is interrogated by Annas, who was a high priest, uh, uh, actually the real high priest. He's the old man that was supposed to be high priest for life, but his son-in-law was currently the high priest, and he already had five high priests as sons, you know, in all this, but this is the grand poobah in this. He interrogates Jesus at 1 o'clock. So check this out, 11 o'clock at night on Thursday, he, what are you doing at 11 o'clock at night on Thursday? All of a sudden, somebody comes up and kisses you, and now you're arrested by Roman soldiers. Or Jesus is praying in the garden in all of this. He's betrayed by Judas at 12.30 a.m. 1 a.m. in the morning, interrogated by Annas. By, by, what would you be like if you got interrogated by, uh, by a, uh, a court of law right at that point in time? An illegal court. They grab you and throw you in, 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 in a cop car, and it's all illegal. They're not even really cops, and they all put you in a room, and they all start interrogating you. Rah, 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 rah. Well, like I'm doing right now. I'm interrogating you. What would you say at 1 o'clock in the morning if I'm interrogating you? Yeah, you'd pro- yeah it'd be a pretty rough thing. He knew all this was coming. So, but I want you to see this. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. He was arrested. Jesus was interrogated. How many of y'all would have a problem being arrested illegally? Anybody? Hey, Tiny. All of a sudden, they knock on the door and said, hey, we heard you did this. Now, it's possible, right? I'm just, but we heard you did this. And you're like, no, I didn't do that. Throw it. And they arrest you illegally. How many of y'all would have lost it right there? Being arrested illegally. Yeah. And, 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 all, and, and, and again, being betrayed by a friend, getting kissed by a friend, knowing what he's doing. How many of y'all would like to smack that friend when he kissed you? Anybody? But Christ, man, he knew this was all, and he had this mind. This is the mindset we're supposed to have. So if somebody gets arrested, Fernando, you get arrested illegally today. 
This is the mindset you're supposed to have right here. God's got a plan. He may have a jail ministry for you. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all aren't laughing. <laughs> it's like, seriously, in this, Jesus prays at Gethsemane, 12.30 p.m. He, Jesus is betrayed by Judas, arrested. At 1 a.m., Jesus is interrogated by Annas. 1 o'clock a.m., Peter denies knowing Jesus for the first time. Oh, my goodness. Now, Jesus, all right, in all of that, he knew that was going to happen. He predicted it was going to happen. Hey, and here's a little extra lanyap, a little bit for you. You know why Peter got, why he denied Christ? You know why? He, because he put himself in a temptation where he wasn't even supposed to be. With the disciples, what did Jesus tell the disciples? Where were the disciples supposed to be when Jesus got arrested? Gone, gone. They were supposed to be gone. He said, let you arrest me, take me, and let them be gone. It even said that the sheep, when the shepherds arrested, or the shepherds struck, the sheep are going to, you know, stray. They're going to go off. They weren't supposed to be there. But Peter and John, and, and, and John, the one Jesus loved, who's the one who got Peter in? <laughs> John. Those two guys. Everybody else was gone. And we blast those guys a lot. Well, where were they? Jesus said, get out of here. I got this. And there's a lot of trouble we can get in when we're where we're not supposed to be. Amen? How many of y'all got in trouble before being somewhere you, ain't, you weren't supposed to be? Yeah. Every one of y'all at some point. Yeah. They, they weren't supposed to be there. If they weren't there, Peter couldn't have denied them. In fact, Jesus even told Peter, I'm not even preaching on this today, but um, Jesus told, told Peter, you're going to deny it. You're, oh, no, I'm going to, God, no, nobody's arresting you. I got you. He's like, no, Peter, you don't. Man, pray. Pray that you'll do the right thing. Get away. And Jesus, Peter put himself in a bad position. He wasn't even supposed to be there. And the one who Jesus loved, he's the one who got him in. So they got some talking to do to Jesus at some point about all that. But uh, Peter, uh, so again, one in the morning, Peter denies knowing Jesus. 1.30, Peter denies knowing Jesus a second time. Oh, And where was he supposed to be? The answer is not there. Yeah. If he wasn't there, he couldn't have done that. 2 a.m., Jesus is tried by Caiaphas, who's the official high priest at the time, recognized by the Romans. He is mocked, hit, and spat on. If I were to mock, hit, and spit on you right now, how many of y'all would walk away? Well, y'all are on the front row, so you get spit on. All right, I got that. But, but literally, man, you think about this. He says, have this mind in you that's in, you have this mind already. You have to implement it. You already have it built into you. You have to do this. But how many of you got, if you had already gone through all this, got woken up in the middle of the night, and now you are mocked, hit, and spit on, would say, that's a deal breaker. I'm out of here. Tara, would it be a deal breaker? I'm out of here. Have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. You already have it. you got to exercise it, is what the Apostle Paul told us in his. Man, do you see how far we are from the mind of Christ in this world we live in where it's all about our rights? It's all about my rights. It's my rights, my rights, my rights. You know what? Jesus came and became a servant. That's the mind we have, and everything God puts us into is by design to become more like him. You see, how many of y'all really see now how much work he's got to do, how far we are from being like God? Look what else happened. So all of a sudden, uh, 4 a.m., after being mocked, hit, and spit on, Peter denies Jesus for the third time. Y'all, man, read that story this week. 
Read that story. After Peter denied him for the third time, as he denied him, he looks up, and who did he see walking by? Jesus. He saw Jesus walking by, and Jesus looks at him, not out of disgust. Jesus looks at him like, dude, you weren't even supposed to be here. Dude, we're going to fix this later. We're going to restore this later. And they did have a beautiful restoration. And keep that in mind when you read First and Second Peter, that that's Peter's experience. How do you think Peter felt at that point in time? You just denied him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And you look up and you see a beaten, spit on, torn up Jesus walking by, looking you straight in the eye. You think that had any effect on Peter? Man, go read first. I just spit on you, didn't I? Dude, sorry about that. I saw a little piece come out of the corner of my mouth. I'm really sorry. I'll back off a little bit. I was getting excited. Sorry. You swim. It'll come off. <laughs> but literally, what do you think, man? What do you think? How Peter, and, 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 and there's, but there's restoration later. God used even that to use Peter to rock the world with the gospel. Man, it's so awesome how God can make beauty out of ashes and all of that. So now... Peter denies Jesus for the third time. Jesus now at 4 a.m. in the morning. 4 a.m. Sorry, I won't. I'll back off a little bit here. Uh, 4 a.m. Jesus is imprisoned. 5 a.m. The Sanhedrin are sent. They sentence him to die. They they to follow the law to break the law. They had to wait till the sun came up. So they they sentence him to die, but they don't have the ability to do that. So they take him to Pilate uh, at 5:30 in the morning. You imagine Pilate, knock, 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 5.30 in the morning. What do you guys want? Well, I got this guy here, 5.30 in the morning. Think, Pilate, if you're a judge and, uh, hey, you, you were like a prosecutor, right? What if you banged on a judge's door at 5 o'clock in the morning wanting to hurry up and get this case over with? What do you think the judge would be like? Probably not happy, yes, <laughs> exactly. But, man, it, it, this is all going down. Nothing's going in Jesus' favor, but it's in the favor of what God had set up in all of this. So he's taken to Pilate 6 a.m. Judas hangs himself. Oh, that's a whole other story. You, you see how you could spend time this week studying each one of these stories? And then by the end of the week, you think you would have the mind of Christ. How many already got your minds kind of working right now? You're already thinking, wow, dude, I got a long way to go to have this mind of Christ. Dude, I thought I just came to church, went to Bible study, did a little daily bread in the morning and was nice to people and I was good. <laughs> Man, you can go as deep as you want into him. But just like he said with the woman at the well, man, you got you to figure out how to find all your satisfaction in me and then you'll be satisfied. Pilate hears his case after that Judas hung himself. And you know, when Judas hung himself, nobody even knew. Judas went off, hung himself. They, tradition, everything says they didn't find his body for a couple of days, man. It was just off. It wasn't like, oh, Judas hung himself. No, nobody even knew. He just went off. Jesus, uh, Pilate hears the case against Jesus, finds out he's a Galilean, said, woo, get out of my court. Let's go to take you to Herod. Let's go there and you can be tried. Um, Pilate returns, uh, resumes Jesus' trial. He gets sent back at 7 o'clock. 7.30, Jesus is beaten and given a crown of thorns. He's beaten. And what did they beat him with, y'all? Yeah, a cat of nine tails. I talk about this all the time whenever I do talk about this. But it's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, I think most of us would have quit. But Chris, why didn't he quit? 
because he was doing, and because he loved you. If you were the only one that would have gotten saved, he would have still done that. He did it because he loved us. He knew his mission from God. He knew this is what he had to do. So after all of this has gone, he's already been beaten, spit on, and mocked, and been through all these trials. Now they strip him naked. How many of y'all, you got taken into a square where all the public people were now all watching, and you got stripped naked and tied to a pole this way? How many of y'all would say, if you could have called down legion to angels, how many of y'all would have done it by this point? Salma, would you all call some angels? Yeah, the minute they start stripping my clothes off, man, and they're, uh, dude, angels, come on, this is a deal breaker. Have this mind in you that's in Christ Jesus. He knew this was part of God's plan. And then they beat him. How many times they hit him with the nine tails? 49, because they didn't want to violate the law. <laughs> and, and there was bone, glass, there was metal at the end of these things. And when they hit him, they would, the, the guy who did it, it was, he was a pro at this. Literally, that was his job. I mean, if that's your job, you get good at it. And it's destruction. And many people didn't even survive this. Man, they would hit him, and those nine pieces of whatever would stick in the back. What do you even have in your back to protect you? Nothing. You got nothing. And then as they stuck, he would rip them down, and you have nine lacerations. Man, after a few of those, people's guts fell out. So you ever think Jesus is like, oh, he's just this nice little wimpy guy. No, dude, he was tough. He had to make it through all of this because he loved us. You're going to see so he could take our sin. This is all before they crucified him. And so you do the math, nine times 49 however, or 39, however many times that is. Man, you would think there's nothing left. He's got a shredded back. And then they're like, oh, they put a crown of thorns on him. They put a scratchy burlap sack on his back that was, some say it was purple, some say it was red, but it was the covering that the, the soldiers wore to, you know, out in the wilderness to keep him from rain, keep him from cold, and they put it on as a joke. And then since he's a king, they wrapped some big thorns up in a crown. Hey, how did we get thorns to begin with? Y'all remember? When did thorns come about? in the garden because of sin. Isn't it appropriate they put those thorns on him now as he's getting ready to take away all that sin? And man, they put the crowns on. Any of you ever got hit in the head, in the forehead? Any of y'all troublemakers ever got hit in the forehead? <laughs> Chuck, you ever been hit in the head, forehead? All right, I'm just waiting for somebody. You're way back there today. I can't pick on you. Dude, your forehead bleeds, doesn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine? Here he is. He's got this, his back is ripped open. He's got this scratchy burlap thing all over it. He's got a crown of thorns. He's got blood dripping down his face. The book of Isaiah says he was beat beyond recognition. Have this mind in you, which is in Christ Jesus. I have rights. <laughs> I have rights. You don't have the right to do this to me. Well, it all depends what God wants to do. He knew what God's plan was. He knew what God wanted, wanted to put him through. He knew that if he suffered now, he would be exalted later, which is what we'll see in Philippians. He, Satan's always talking about, oh, no, joy it now. And, and, and don't worry about the suffering later. God says, no, you're going to suffer now, but you'll be richly rewarded later in this. He hasn't even, he, he, we're, we're still in this first part here. Pilate hears his case. Uh, oh, Jesus is beaten, given a crown of thorns, 7.30 in the morning, 8 a.m. Jesus is sentenced to die, and he's beaten again. 
dude, Pilate, that's what, he, he, how many times did Pilate say that Jesus was innocent, y'all? Anybody know? Three times. Went out and said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Crucify him. I find nothing wrong with this man. Crucify him. I find nothing wrong. He was a wuss. He was a politician that was sucking up to whoever just to be able to keep his particular situation. When he had an encounter with a holy, righteous God, and he could have, but he could have made any decision he wanted. He's going to be held accountable for that. But the fact is, is that he wanted to please people more than he wanted to please God in all of that. Three times. And finally, at the end, when he heard, it wasn't really the same people. You remember what happened on Palm Sunday, which we celebrate today? What, what happened? What was everybody doing? Yeah, dude, the only clothes they have, man, they're laying their cloaks down because they say, he's the king, he's the Messiah, he's coming in. And, and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, save us now, okay, in all of that. And, and many people think the same people were the ones later saying, crucify him. But when you read it, actually, it's this chief priest and it's, it's the religious leaders that are shouting out, crucify him. And those were Galileans, mostly at the triumphal entry. But these are all people at the celebration. They're following the priest's lead in this. And they say, crucify him at this point. And Pilate couldn't stand up against any of that. But it was all part of God's plan. And he's still, they're, they're accountable. That's another story. 7.30, Jesus is beaten, given a crown of thorns. Jesus is sentenced to die and, be, and beaten again at 8 o'clock. Man, What's he going to do now? Now, now they're going to strap a, a crossbeam to him, right? And what's he got to do with that? Yeah, he's got to carry it and he's got a sign around his neck saying, you know, this was what he was guilty of, king of the Jews in all of this. He, Jesus carries the cross and did he carry it by himself? No, why didn't he carry it by himself? Yeah, look at the night he just had. Look at that night he had. There's something until the point he's getting crucified in all of that. And uh, so he carries across Simon, some guy who came to celebrate. Man, what a great story that is if you read it. it. Later, go read about who Simon was. And he had two sons that were fam you know, evidently well-known in the church. This guy came to celebrate a Passover, got shystered into carrying Christ's cross. It was a, a man, a, a wicked thing, a horrible thing for him. But it ended up leading to his salvation and his kid's salvation. Go read the Bible story about that. What a great thing. How many of y'all would, would, would love your vacation to be interrupted by something as horrible as that if, it, if you knew your kids were going to get saved? <laughs> he didn't know that, but he just got brought into that position, man. You see all these backstories on this? To have the mind of Christ Jesus, man, we, we need to look back. And we, this is what a great week to look back and look into what actually went on that week. And you can do it through the Gospels. In all of that. Uh, and then now, basically here we are, 9 a.m., Jesus is crucified, all right? And that's where we ended up right here. When they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. Sounds simple, they crucified him. But look at all of that that went on prior to that. And if you want to even go in this previous week, you can find out all the different things he said to the priests and the Sadducees and all the different you know, fights he got into with all those guys, all the discussions he got into and so on. Do you understand this? This is something I learned this week. The, the religious leaders did not expect that the Messiah was going to be God. That's why Jesus gets in trouble for being God. That's why they crucified. They didn't think the Messiah was going to be God. 
That's why they had such a problem with him being God. When, that's why he brings up the whole story about, well, then why did David say? They just said they thought he was going to be a descendant of David. And then when he goes, and, and my Lord said to my Lord, and that whole story, y'all remember that one? That doesn't make sense. We skip over it because it doesn't make sense to us. That was Jesus trying to tell them, no, the, the, the Messiah is going to be God, and I am God. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's blasphemy right there. They didn't expect the Messiah to be God. They just thought it would be some military leader to come in and kick tail, and, and God would empower him, and he would go through it. They didn't expect him to be God. And don't ever lose the fact that Jesus is God. Because I think that is where we're headed right now is the world is trying to emphasize the humanity of Jesus because if they can reduce him to just a good man, then all the other religions will accept him. And that's what's going to happen before the tribulation period. The Antichrist is going to have a one world religion. And as long as Jesus is God, you can't have that. So don't you ever forget Jesus is God. It's what he got crucified for. It's why they went after him and, and, and all of the above. So when they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right, one on his left. And Jesus said, what? This is the first words. And, and, and I always kind of thought, you know, that it was as he was up on the cross and surveying everything. But in the Greek, the way this is written, it's not like this was one. He, he just kind of kept saying, forgive him, forgive them, forgive them. They don't know what. So can you imagine maybe Jesus is laying there and they're, and they're, and they're nailing him to a cross and they're saying, Father, forgive him with each stroke of the hammer. As they're lifting up, Father, forgive them. Each person that went by and spat on them, Father, forgive Because you understand the cross wasn't something that was way up high where you looked up. No. You know what the Romans did is torture, dude? Can you imagine somebody beat beyond recognition, tied to a cross, and, and now nailed to a cross? Can you imagine walking next to him and it's right at face level? Would you even look into the eyes of the person who was crucified there? If you did happen to get a glance of the person who was beat beyond recognition across, you got a glance of it, what would be your thought? First, there'd be pity, but it's like, I will never do anything that would qualify me for that punishment. And that's why it was such a cruel thing. It was like a guillotine. We were across as decoration. It's really a declaration. It would be as if we... Can you imagine if instead we all walked around wearing guillotines instead of crosses? Y'all know what a guillotine is, right? <laughs> Electric chair. Old Sparky. We got a, I'm just saying, it was an instrument of death. It wasn't this beautiful thing. What Christ did on it is what made it a beautiful thing. And so when people would walk by... These guys were barely above, it would be right there. You could simp, you had to avoid to even look into his eyes. Can you imagine looking into his eyes at that point? And what if you were one of the disciples that were like, yeah, I thought he was really the savior and look at you. This is not what we expected in a Roman leader that was going to kick Roman butt and put us in charge. This is a pretty hopeless situation right here. And if you hear other people making fun, what are you going to do, Marley? If everybody else is making fun, what are you going to do? Marley's like, I ain't making fun. No, because you're a believer. You know the truth. That's why. But if you were just along for the free healings and the free stuff and the free food and the free fish and, and freedom, if you were just along for all of that, then you would start questioning whether it was worth it to and you'd be making fun of them also at that point. So in that, how many of you ever had somebody really insult you over and over? I mean, what could, Jesus is there. You saw him. 
day. He's on the cross, and now they're walking by making fun of him. How many of y'all ever get really upset because somebody made fun of you? Come on. Aren't you glad adults, we don't do that? It's just the kids. Aren't you glad you grow out of that? Somebody makes fun of you on Facebook, and you still love them, right? <laughs> no? Man, look at this. Have this mind in you, which is in Christ Jesus. So when somebody's ripping you apart, somebody's making fun of you, somebody's mocking you, what are we supposed to do, y'all? We have social media now, you big keyboard warriors. What are we supposed to do, man? You know what? I'm going to duke it out with them on social media, Instagram, whatever. I'm going to show them, boom, boom, boom. How many of y'all ever got in a fight you shouldn't have been in? Because you didn't have the mind of Christ Jesus. He knew what God wanted him to do. And he was looking down and he was really sad. He felt bad that they didn't get it. I hear all the time, you know, how many of y'all know when godly stuff is going on in the world by our leaders? Not just political, but even religiously. All kinds of stuff is going on. And even in unsaved people, I heard somebody the other day, I can't even remember what it was, maybe it was in one of our Bible studies, like, yeah, and that idiot, and I'm like, no, no, it was Monday night, because God haunted me with that thought, those words, all week long. Somebody said, and that idiot, talking about some political thing, I said, no, they're not idiots, you know what they are? They're lost. They're lost. And when somebody's lost, they can only do what lost people can do. And you pray for them. How many of you would? How many of you have anybody you can imagine right now that you would love to see burn in hell forever? Anyone? No. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not. If we do, if you're being honest with me, and you do, man, we need to pray for their soul because we're not right. And I think the more we learn about hell and we learn about that. I think the le the, that in our right mind, we would never want that for anyone. So having the mind of Christ Jesus is treating them in a way that they would accept the gospel, that they could see the love in us. They could see the gospel in us. They could see a big God. If God's so big, hey, God, you think God's big? And does he live inside of you? Then should he stick out? If God's so big and he lives inside you, should he stick out? Yeah, dude, look at my belly, and that ain't even nearly the size of God. I'm just saying, it's there. I can't hide it, man. It's there. How do you think you're going to hide God if he's so big? But we got to have the mind of Christ Jesus living in us. Man, and again, I'm not throwing a guilt trip. I'm not putting work on you. I'm not putting, but, but man, the more we look at it, we're reminded. And then when we hit these situations in life, where we react just like the world does, we say, no, I'm not. I'm going to have the mind of Christ Jesus, and this is how I'm going to respond. You're never going to look in the eyes of anyone who is not made in the image of God, and you're never going to look in the eyes of anybody that God doesn't deeply love as much as you. What was the song we sang? God so, yeah, that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah, God loved the world. You'll never look in the eyes of somebody. So when you look into that politician, you look into that evil, ooh, that person that could do despicable things, you beg God for their soul, because is that not what Christ did as he was on the cross? 
Did, did Christ on the cross when he was there was his first words? Oh, give it to him, Dad. <laughs> I'm up here, but you show him who's boss, man. Give it to him. You guys, one day you're going to be burned in hell, and then you're going to be sorry you made fun of me. One day, blah, blah, blah. Now, is that what Jesus did? Is that what we do? Hopefully not, because we, especially after today and hearing this, let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. Instead, Father, what's that next word? What? Say, everybody say it. What's it? Oh, man, is that not a hard thing to do? In fact, it's impossible for you to do. But it's possible with him when you surrender to him. And you ask God to give you the ability to forgive. And if you don't want to say, I don't want to forgive, that's probably the problem. One thing God taught me a few years ago, because I didn't really want to forgive somebody, I needed to forgive. And he said, okay, I'll put it another way. Ask me to give you the ability to love them. I was like, if I don't want to forgive them, I certainly don't want to love them. He said, yeah, but you know that's right. I said, all right, give me the desire to love them. Let's start with the desire, God. And you know what God did? He gave me the desire to love the person that I wanted to pop their head off every time I thought of their being in existence. And I'm like, I'm just saying, we're there as humans. It was like, give me the desire to love them. So guess what he gave me? The desire to love them. How many of you could use the desire to love somebody in this world? Is there somebody in particular you really need some desire to love? And God's got to give you that, right? So God, give me the desire to love them. Hey, guess what? When God gives you the desire to love them, now God, give me the opportunity to love them. Oh, come on. Desire's not enough? <laughs> no, now I want you to actually go do it. And, and, and you actually start loving them, and you realize that there's nothing that anyone's done to you any worse than what we did to Christ with our sins. But you don't understand. No, you don't understand. There's a lot of parables about that. Forgiveness. Have that mind in you, which is in Christ Jesus. How many of y'all got something to work on so far? <laughs> and, and getting that mind, yeah. Brandon, I like both hands up, man. And we're only through ver the first part. That might be all we get to today. Father, forgive them, man. Can you imagine that? After all that they've been through, their father. Is that what you would say? That's what you'd want to say, right? Jules, what you'd want to say. That's a Sunday school. But really, man, I mean, look at everything he went through at that point and where he was at on the cross. And even then, people making fun of him, beat beyond right. Would the first words coming out of your mouth be, Father, forgive them? No. Father, teach them a lesson. <laughs> right? You know what? I learned something recently about forgiveness also. I didn't want to forgive some people because I didn't want to let them off the hook. How many of y'all ever felt like, if I forgive them, I've let them off the hook? Anybody ever felt that way? You know what God told me one day? And it was probably through a meme on Facebook. So I'm just saying, but it's true. It's rocked my world, that meme on Facebook. It, 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 he, I kept saying, I don't want to let them off the hook. They deserve, they deserve. And he said, you know what, why don't you do this? Instead of you thinking you're letting them off your hook, why don't you put them on my hook? And I started putting people I didn't want to forgive. I wasn't letting them off the hook. Now I'm putting them on God's hook and letting God deal with them. 
And I'm, you ever notice for yourself, you want, just, you want mercy, right? But for others, you want justice. <laughs> Aren't you glad God's in charge of all of that? So don't feel like you're letting them off the hook. Put them on God's hook, the same hook you're on, on that. But again, the first words coming out of his mouth, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And they cast lots to divide his garments, which is what the soldiers got to do at that time. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him saying, he saved others. Let him save himself. If, if he's Christ, the God, the chosen one, as he's laying on the ground being nailed, look at this loser right here. How many of y'all ever did things out of pride just to show that you could do it? Just to show, like, I, you know what? You guys got me all wrong. Wait, here. How many of y'all let your pride get out? You, how many of y'all been double dog dared? And you did something really stupid. They dared you. And you're like, yeah, I can pass. I double dare you. But dude, once you get double dog dared, what happens, Chuck? Dude, game on, right? You double dog dare me. I can't let you treat me that way. I got to do. But Christ was more than double dog dared, y'all. He didn't let his pride get in the way. Because his whole purpose was to please the Father. For starters, that's let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. And that's in Luke right there. Man, if you're really the Christ, you're really the child. If you're really that good, if you really could do that, if you really, if you really. Man, he didn't have anything to prove to them. He had obedience to give to the Father in all of that. The soldiers also mocked him. Who's not mocking him, by the way, at this point? Yeah, his mom. Oh, thank you. But other than that, I was going to say everybody. Thanks for bringing that up. His mom's not. And there's a couple other ladies that aren't. You're right. Yeah. Everybody. Soldiers are mocking him. They're, they're coming up offering him sour wine, you know, um, and that comes up later if we ever get to that today, which we probably won't, and, and, and saying, if you're really the king of the Jews, save yourself. Prove it to me. But he didn't have anything to prove to anybody but God Almighty. Because he knew what the plan was. Goes on, there was also an inscription over him. This is king of the Jews, man. That was the necklace he wore as he carried the cross. That was what they put up there. And little did we know, and we'll probably just cover the next piece, and, and we'll see that this was actually the first track. This was the first gospel track right here. This is the king of the Jews. Because the very next thing we see is we see a forgiven sinner. So it's important to know that as a believer, we need to forgive. In fact, I got to drive this home, man. This might even be just what we're supposed to talk about today, this forgiveness issue, because we've been forgiven. Y'all remember the parable that Jesus told? And he said that the, there was a, a ruler, a leader who, man, he was trying to get a hold of all of his accounts. And he said, dude, this guy owes me a ton. This guy owes me a bunch. Y'all know the story? All right, good. Let's let it drive it into our heads. This guy owes me more than he could ever pay me back. And he goes to him and says, hey, you owe me all of this. And what did the guy who couldn't pay him back say? Yeah, give me, give me time. I'll pay it back. And the guy's like, no, you can't pay this back. Have mercy on me. He said, no, I'm going to throw you and your wife and your family into jail. And, and all these, you know, wah, wah. He said, no, have mercy on me. And what did the landowner, what did the big rich landowner do? Oh, he had mercy on him. Yeah, I know you can't pay this back. Even though you're saying you can, and, and I don't even know why I'm doing this, but out of compassion, I'm going to give you a break. 
and I'm going to forgive all your debt. Hey, who's that sound like, y'all? Like Jesus and who? Everybody take this finger and get ready and point it at yourself and hit yourself right in the chest and say, me! <laughs> so that sounds like Jesus and me, right? I had a debt I couldn't pay. There's no way I could do it. And he said, I'll tell you, I'm forgiving all of your debt. I'm done. I'll forgive all your debt. Wow. What a deal, right? So the guy gets out of jail, gets out, whoo, no more debt. So he goes back. And Jeff, what does he do? He starts taking account of all his, you know, people who, you know, these guys owe me money. And what did he do, Jeff? He found one guy that owed him a little bit of money, right? And what did he do? He didn't show mercy. He said, you owe me $5. You need to pay me right now. The guy said, well, it's been a little rough week. I had a lot of bills, had my car break down. I had to pay first month, the second, you know, last month's rent, all this. I, I don't really, give me some time. I'll be paid. Could the guy have really paid it off? Yeah, he could have paid it off. But instead, he threw the dude in jail. Then what happened? Who found out about it first? Who noticed it first, y'all? His co-workers. The, the world noticed it. <laughs> That's who noticed it. The world noticed it. You know, he couldn't pay it off. And, and, and they all knew he just got forgiven of this big debt. And now all these guys are looking, saying, what the heck? You got forgiven this big debt. So the world looked at it and said, and, and you're not forgiving that little debt? So again, who's the one who forgave the big debt for us? Christ. Who's the one who had the big debt? Us. And, and we have people who have a debt towards us, and who are, who are we that won't forgive this little debt that somebody made towards us when we've been forgiven this big eternal debt? Who is it? Man, that, that's unforgiving us. The world looks at it and says, why would they want the forgiveness you have? Why would the, we want the forgiveness that, that you say you have in Christ? When you don't exercise it, it by holding grudges and not being forgiven. Why? Why would they want that? So again, everyone who was in that position with Christ, man, as he was on the cross, he said, man, forgive him, Father. Forgive him. Many people probably didn't hear him, didn't even pay attention, but this dude did. And this is a forgiven sinner. Watch this. One of the criminals who were hanged who were hanged railed at him so there's two guys on equal sides you've heard many sermons on this they're they're equal distance apart from him and and, and they railed at him saying are you not the christ save yourself and save us they were there you know if you're really the christ save yourself dude come on man you're not really the christ look at you hanging just like us he was mocking him too but the other rebuked him and said do you not fear god he evidently did. He says, you're under the same sentence of condemnation. What was going to happen to all three of them? They were going to what? Yeah, I like your... <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. They were all going to die. Dude, aren't you afraid what's going to happen when you die? We're all getting ready to die, the other guy said. And did you hear what he just said? Forgive? He saw forgiveness. So when he saw forgiveness, what did he know was available to him, Jesse? Forgiveness. We want to share the gospel with people and tell them there's forgiveness available that we've received, yet we don't forgive. Man, that's not a very good testimony. Have this mind in you, which is in Christ Jesus. 
And you can't forgive in your own flesh. Forgiveness is something God's got to give you the ability to do. It happens as you deepen your relationship with him. As you have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus that you possess, we just have to apply. Don't you fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, we deserve what we're getting. We're receiving due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. He's admitting this guy, you know, this Christ, he's done nothing. He's been railroaded up here, and I believe he's the Messiah. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Man, what a great thing. One guy didn't say that. He was railing on. The other guy said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He said, truly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, again, there's all kinds of theological things there, but the fact is, is he asked for forgiveness and he received it. Two things. One, we need to be forgiving people to represent to people the forgiveness that we've received. And maybe once they, forgiveness, how many of y'all would say forgiveness is a hard thing? It's a hard thing. There's not many harder things to do in life than forgive somebody. Get them off of your hook. You're not, let them off your hook. Put them on God's hook and let God, is God not just? Is God not qualified to take care of them? What was that? <laughs> was that you? <laughs> All right. <laughs> is it, I just want to know which kid that is the, the, uh, the, the sound for. Oh, was that you? Oh, wrong. For, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. I thought I saw, I saw you lean over. I'm like, I thought that was a ringtone for one of your kids. I want to know which ringtone for what kid that was. Ian? <laughs> I know if I had that ringtone for a kid, that'd be a special one. But anyways, all right. Uh, so in that. So again, we've received forgiveness, man. And, and, and we display that forgiveness. And then other people know that forgiveness is available. This is just beginning. I, I promise I'm just going to read through these now. I'm not, oh, I know I'm going to preach. I can't, but watch. We got to get, but I want to let you study this. Look at this, faithful son. He's on the cross, a faithful son. I'm going to read through this. But standing by the cross, oh, who was standing by the cross, Judy? His mom, only one not making fun. He's up there, Father, forgive him. Man, this conversation, this guy says, remember me, Christ, when you go, when you, when you go to heaven, a whole big theological thing there, boom, you're with me in paradise today. No purgatory, no soul sleep, no whatever. Today you're in paradise with me, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother, all right, so in this, you've had it. Would you say you've ever had a day as bad as Jesus' day? No. Now, any of y'all ever had a day as bad as Jesus' day? But how many of you have ever had a day really bad where you're just like, I need some me time? You know what? Leave me alone. I, it's all about me right now. Have any of y'all had a bad day where you're just like, you know what? Anybody comes near me, dude, your head is getting bit off. Okay, you won't admit it. How many will admit the person next to you has had a day like that? Please don't do it if you're married. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. 
But seriously, isn't that where we're at? Man, I've had a bad day. It's been rough. It's been this. It's been that. It's been, oh, if I, anybody has the right to just be selfish and think about myself right now and take care of me and have some me time right now, it's me. Honestly, come on. How many of y'all ever had a day like that? Mac, you big liar. Put your hand up. Both of them. We've all been there. Jess. Karen, you've seen her at work. She ever, oh, it's me too. You don't have to say it out loud, but I know it's there. <laughs> yeah, that's what y'all see each other. We know how to look at ourselves anyways. But yeah, we have that. Jesus had one. And who's he getting ready? He had, if anybody had the right to think about themselves, man, it would have been Christ. But man, he looked down and he saw his mom. <laughs> you know that crazy Christmas song? That's so unbiblical. Mary, did you know? <laughs> like, yeah, the angel Gabriel told me. <laughs> this was all going down. Now it's all going down right now. She knew. She's pondered it her whole life. But when, you, when it actually goes down, it, it, it does, you're not prepared for it. Can you imagine moms? Can you imagine Mary at this point? Can you imagine Jesus, the epitome of love? How much did he love his mother as much as he loves you? <laughs> he loved his mother perfectly. Man, and he said to his mother, woman, behold your son, pointing to the apostle John. He wants to make sure his mom's taken care of. He's had a bad day. He's beaten beyond recognition. He's exhausted. He's whooped. He's tired. And he's not crabby. <laughs> Can you, so how, how many of y'all have been crabby lately? Anybody crabby? Again, don't point at your spouse, but I'm just saying. Point at yourself. You've been crabby. And we excuse. I'm just crabby. Leave me alone. Right? No. Have this mind in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Somehow, we've got to let God take over. Behold, your mother. And from that hour, John, the disciple, took, his own, took her into his own home. So, man, we, we have someone, uh, he forgives everyone. He then, there's somebody who's forgiven eternally. He's uh, taking care of his mom. Um, and then this is super important because this is what he did, a forsaken sinner. Look at this. So this is all going on. So when did it start? Thursday night, I was telling you guys. Thursday night, right, right, right. And he got crucified at about 9 o'clock in the morning. So from 9 o'clock to midnight, it's hot. The sun is up. Everybody, it's an exhausting time. He's up on the cross. He's got, got, he's got his sun beating down on him and all of this. And everybody's making fun of him. What happens at noon, y'all? Dude, the sun goes dark. If you were one of those making fun of him all that time, from nine to noon, like, if you're the son of God, Savior, you're the son of God, do something supernatural. If you're the son of God, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, the sun goes dark. On the count of three, let me hear your infamous words. One, two, three. Uh, yeah. I was thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hear what you had to say. All of a sudden, you've been making fun. You've been part of the pitchfork party. You've been fun of like, yeah, you know, spit. How many of y'all like to take that loogie back? I'm just saying it's like all these things you've done, man. And all of a sudden at noon, it's dark. Wow. 
Because from that point on, man, there were things that happened that even the soldiers got saved at the end. You can read about that in those accounts this week, too. From the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. From, six, from noon till three o'clock, God picked that time so there'd be no mistake that this was ordained by God Almighty. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, we had an overcast morning, now the sun's out. No, noon to three is hot. And God makes it pitch black. And he didn't say anything until 3 o'clock. He didn't do, say anything. But what was happening from noon to 3 o'clock, y'all? Anybody know what was happening from noon to 3? According to Isaiah, it's, in Isaiah it says, the sins of the world were being slammed on him. They weren't just laid on him. The sins of the world were being slammed on Christ. Had Christ ever experienced sin firsthand? No. Can you imagine sin, dirtiness, filth being put on you? Can, can you imagine all the... How about all the sins you've... How old are you, Ethan? 12. How many sins do you think you've committed in 12 years? A lot. How many do you think you've committed today? A lot. How many do you think you're going to commit for the rest of your life? A lot. Can you imagine just your sins on him in those three hours? Any of y'all, can you imagine? How many of y'all had really nasty, messed up backgrounds before you gave your life to Christ besides me? Can you imagine all those past sins of just yours? I have no way of even, I don't want to make light of this in any way, shape, or form, but have y'all ever seen the movie RV? Anybody seen the movie RV with Rob? Uh, who was that? Yeah, it was Robin Wood. Yeah, and, and, and they got an RV and they don't know what they're doing. And they have, to, they have to drain their tank where all their excrement is, right? And they don't have the right fittings and right couplers. And, and, and if you watch that movie, they hook it up, but it ain't hooked up right. And everybody leaves and all of a sudden, there's just this plume of, I don't know, <laughs> this plume of stuff that goes up and Robin Williams is just totally covered. There's nobody that watches that movie in their right mind that would not be totally grossed out, identify with God, <gasps> thinking of the filth, the whatever. I, I, again, I'm not making light of this in any way, shape, or form, but I can't even imagine what it would be like for someone who never sinned, never, never experienced sin in a human body, having all of your sins. You guys are messed up, Kurt. Kurt, dude, your sins, man, would have put, how many of y'all would have been put under by just Kurt's sins? You're saying? Let alone his wife's sins, and then the couple behind him, and the couple behind, dude, just the sins of this congregation, how many of y'all would have been put under by that? But this is the sins of everybody from every generation, past, present, and future, and he took them all on himself. He, when he was here, he lived a righteous life. Never once sinned. If you lived a righteous life and never sinned, how many of y'all would like credit for that? Look, here's my righteous life. Here's my, look, make sure you, nope, nobody gets my righteous life. This is my righteous life right here. I've lived this. And everybody else just has an unrighteous life, unrighteous life, unrighteous life. At that time, some way in some quantum physics type explanation that's way beyond my comprehension, he took on in three hours all of all of our sins. 
And it wasn't just that he took on the filth of our sins, but what does our sin deserve, y'all? Death and, and the wrath of God. Any of y'all experienced any bit of the wrath of God ever? You ever had God really have to get your attention? And that was just a little piece of the wrath of God. You read Revelation. Towards the end of Revelation, you will see the world that rejects Christ. They will start experiencing the full wrath of God. Even after God is circling the universe saying, give your life to me, give your life to me. And they're like, no. And finally, he dumps the wrath of God on them. That's what the last seven bowls are. Full bowls of the wrath of God that just destroy everyone. How many of y'all believe you got enough sin? We say death. Oh, the wages of sin is death. And we've gotten so used to saying that, but it's not a quick, painless death. It's an eternal death that goes on for eternity. It's the wrath of God. You know who God saved you from? God. God saved you from God. He saved you from his wrath because sin deserves punishment, and the punishment is his wrath. So not only, I mean, literally, you know, it's one thing to feel like I'm covered up by the most nasty stuff that this world has to offer. How many of y'all would say that's a deal breaker? But now the punishment that goes with it, the, the punishment, isn't that from your, have you ever had punishment from, not punishment, but correction or discipline from your parents? Difference between discipline and punishment. Discipline is where they're correcting you so you don't do that again. If anybody ever got punished, it's like you're paying for this. And your parents love you too much. That's why we don't punish our kids. We discipline them. Amen? And God doesn't punish us. He disciplines us. We're his children. But for sin, you get punishment. Punishment is what you deserve. It's the penalty. It's, it's the wrath of God. And if you even want a taste of the wrath of God... Go check out Revelation 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, all in there and see pictures of what the wrath of God actually looks like. He took all of that on for us. He gave us his righteous life. Here you go, Ethan. Here's a perfect life. It's, got, it's, a, it's a jersey to God's team, and it says Jesus on the back. And every one of us who gets saved get a jersey with Jesus on the back. And we get his stats. And we're all a bunch of one-legged kickball players with our name on the back. And he took our stats. He gave us his righteous life. But he took our unrighteous life and he paid the penalty of it. He paid that penalty. It's one thing to get caught for your mistake, right? But isn't the worst part when you have to pay the consequences now? You know? Okay, am I suspended? Am I restricted forever? Am I, what's the cause? Dude, the consequences, that's what really hurts. He took those on. From the sixth hour, there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out. It, what is it? It's dark right now, right? And it's quiet. He hadn't said anything. In fact, we hear people saying, is he calling on Elijah? Is he, what's he doing? What's going on? Anybody hear anything? Anybody know anything? For three hours, it's dark, <laughs> and it ain't supposed to be. That's a long time, isn't it? And all of a sudden, out of the darkness, loy, loy, lama sabachthani, my God, my God. What did Jesus always call God? His Father, Abba, Father. He had a relationship. Now, like a common sinner, he cries out, my God. 
My God, why have you forsaken me? And why did God forsake him, y'all? Because he was covered with our sins and God was issuing God's wrath on Christ. We miss that, dude. Wages of sin is death. What does death mean? And he's separated from God at this point. When's the last time Jesus was separated from God? The answer is never. Y'all remember this? Back in, back in eternity, here it was. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Everything was perfect. They got along great. No problems. They, they were one. And I don't understand the whole Trinity thing, but it's there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one. And what do they decide they're going to do? Hey, let's create people. How many of y'all think that's a bad idea if you've got three people living forever in unity, never had a problem? How many of y'all think it's a bad idea to create people? Yeah, they created people. But in the ultimate plan, they created people. And they knew, they said, well, let's create them in our image. And when they choose to be like us, they can show us that they love us and appreciate that. But we know they're not going to. And God, when they don't, we're going to have to issue wrath on that sin because sin has to be paid for. We're not righteous. And, and, and Christ took on willfully the job of, of being the one that would then one day pay the price and he would, he would make it possible that those people who sinned and came short of the glory of God would be covered. And, and God the Father gave him all those people what happened back here is God the Father gave Jesus a box of messed up people. How many of y'all are in that box? How many of y'all are messed up people in the box? Yeah. And, and Jesus took the box of messed up people. You ever get a box of messed up junk? Somebody brings you a box and says, oh, here's some junk. You know, like, what? Jesus looked at it and said, awesome. Awesome. Look at these messed up people. Awesome. Why did Jesus say it was awesome that the messed up people were going to be in the box? Because he now could go to the cross willfully, take the wrath of the Father out of love and show this box of messed up people that God gave them how much he loved them. And guess what? When they got saved and accepted that, now they began the process of becoming more like him. And at the end, when you die, that's salvation. While you're here is sanctification. At the end is glorification. And when we're glorified, we end up looking like who, Matthew? God, yes, look like Jesus. And so now Jesus has a box of not messed up. They used to be messed up, and now they look like God. Who's in that box, y'all? Anybody here in that box? We start out as messed up people. Jesus said, woohoo, I'm going to fix them. Boom. And you know, he's got a box of people that look just like God. And what does Jesus do with this box of people that look just like God? What does he do with them? Woohoo! He goes back, and God the Father takes this box, and he undoes the bow, and he wraps it, and God the Father sees you, and you, and you, and you, and you, that aren't messed up because of what Jesus did on the cross, and says, oh, I love it! This is the best gift I could ever have! And that's the eternal plan that is set up in Scripture. So man, what a gift that Christ gave us. First, he took all the messed up people God the Father gave him. He saved them by taking the wrath on the cross. He saved us, man, and gave us a righteous life. And one day we're going to be just like him, and he gives us back to God the Father. How many of y'all are looking forward to the day when God the Father opens the box and sees your perfect face? 
How many of y'all are looking forward to the day when you can look in the mirror and see your perfect face? Because <laughs> you didn't see it today, right? I'm just saying. So, man, that's what was happening during this time. Why Christ cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out. Oh, we already did that one right there. And um, this is super quick in this part right here. Check this out. A fatigue suffer. After this, knowing all was what? Now that everything was what? It's finished. If it's finished, is there anything else that can be done? No, it's done. Now that Jesus knew it was all finished, whoo! How many of y'all ever finished a project and you're like, ah? Oh. That's where Jesus was at this point. It was all finished. To fulfill scripture, he said, I thirst. I could go in great detail to tell you about the crucifixion and how when you were on the cross and you were hung on the cross and as you were dying, as you sunk down, your diaphragm would strangle your lungs. You know how a boa constrictor, when something breathes out, it goes, and if it's, if it's got a hold of you constricting you like that, you can't breathe in again, right? And if you can't breathe in again, what happens? You suffocate. But so people would grab and they would pull themselves back up on the cross, get a breath, and then they would go back down and let their diaphragm just strangle their lungs and people would die of suffocation and dehydration on the cross. That's why they would break their legs so they couldn't push themselves back up again. And so in this part of his humanity, plus to fulfill scripture, he says, I thirst, man, I thirst. And, and they gave him enough vinegar on a sponge to wet his palate so he could say, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, oh, let me do it like the movies, right? Yeah, it's finished. Is that what it sounded like? No, dude. You ever have a big project? You ever have a big, you ever have a big camp? Russ, a big camp, and you're just grinding to get it done. At the end, you might go, man, inside, you're like, it's finished. It's done. Anybody have a project like that? It's done. That's where we're at. That's what it was. It was a victory cry. It's finished. And if it's finished, is there any more to do? So what can I do to be saved? Absolutely nothing. You just believe. That what he says is true. And if you believe that, you surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about him. You, when you believe, you do it. Y'all remember Paul Harvey back in the day, the rest of the story guy? He said, if you don't do it, you don't believe it. <laughs> so all that's left for you to do is believe that it truly is finished. Look at this. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, a loud voice. How many of y'all would have even any voice left after that? <laughs> that day, cries out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So who killed Jesus? Nobody. Jesus gave it up. Jesus said, it's done. It's finished. And you know what? I've done what I'm supposed to do. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit, and I'm ready to go home. Anybody here ready to go home? You can only go, be ready to go home if you believe that that's what Jesus did for you. Check this out super quick. Philippians chapter 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You already possess it. How many of y'all have been lacking in having this mind? 
being put through similar circumstances, only in not as great a detail. Have this mind among yourselves, which is in your, it's already yours. It's in Christ Jesus. Once you get in Christ Jesus, you already have this mind. You just got to use it instead of using your carnal mind. Who, though he was in the form of God, back here, 100% God, man, 100% God. Everything was great. And though he was in the form of God, and God, they made a deal somehow. I don't know how it all worked out. Maybe they drew straws, and, and it was an honor, because that's what it, it was an honor for Jesus to get the job to go do this. He didn't count it equality with God, a thing to be grasped. Oh, wait, I got to go be a human? That's like being a cockroach. I don't have to, dude, I got to go down. No, that wasn't it. It didn't matter. He was going to lower himself, put on the rags of humanity to go down and be a human, but it didn't matter. He didn't have to keep proving he was God in all of this. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. So you want to know what it looks like to have this mind in us that's like Christ Jesus? You can wrap it all up in that mind, servant. We are a servant of the Most High God. And if you love God, he calls you to love people and you serve people. That's how we show people who Jesus is, by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Oh, I wish I had time to go more into that, but you get it. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, which there was no other worse kind of death. But look, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, how many knees are going to bow, y'all? Every knee. Some are going to bow as Savior, and some are going to all bow. Everybody's going to bow as Lord, but some get to bow as Savior. And I hope that's you. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every being will bow and say, Jesus is Lord. Will you get to do it as Savior? Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's going to happen. This is the way it ends. And if you have the privilege of being able to call him not only Lord, but Savior, have this mind in you that Christ Jesus had. To have that mind, I want you to go back. I want you to get these notes. And I want you to go back and look at the forgiving Savior, the forgiven sinner, the faithful son, the forsaken sinner, which was Christ on the cross. I want you to go back and look at the fatigue suffer. Next time you're suffering and you're fatigued, have that mind in you, which is like in Christ Jesus. The final sacrifice, finish what God's given you to finish because it gets tough at the end. And most importantly, a father that was satisfied. Look at that. Father looked down and said, wow, it was perfect. And isn't that what we want to hear? Trent, isn't that what we want to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. So go back and study each one of these so you can have the same mindset which is yours in Christ Jesus. Well, I tricked myself into doing it all, and it's 11.36, so <laughs> let's pray. Father, um, time is getting short. We know we're closer to the end than we were even yesterday. We know there's people that need to be saved we know that we've been saved. We know that if we've been saved, we have a mindset in us that is already there. It was the mindset that was in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that as we prepare ourselves for Easter to celebrate 
the resurrection that we have and the resurrection power that we have to empower us to do what you want us to do. Father, I pray we would study these passages of Scripture one each day. I pray we would, we would look at them and we would learn. You would show each of us in our own circle of friends, our own circle of influence, our own circles of whatever we have, Father, that you would show us how to have that mind like Christ Jesus through each of these last seven sayings that you gave us. Thank you for them. And again, I pray if there's someone here that does not know they're going to heaven, when they die, it would be like not knowing where you're going when you're driving, and we call that lost. I pray they would have the desire and ability to be found. They would surrender to you. So they don't have to one day experience the wrath of God as payment for their sins, but instead could rest in what Christ did in taking all of that wrath for us. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.